Alice Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Am I lagging for you? A little bit. But like a, a hair. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. Is it still lagging? No. Just the first two are back and forth. Cause I was like, so... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see but now we good whatever you know 138th free episode so what <laughs> right <It's> okay <laughs> literally anyway it's our patreon we can do it in the studio because now two studios all oh, right yeah it's definitely not working first of all that sounds hellacious first of all you live far further i feel like now yeah yeah. No. So okay. Anyway, news this week. Um, okay, well first of all, just want to give a shout out to um a former Black Excellence, Ty Murray, who um it was just announced uh say a week or so ago, um, that she had been appointed to a full time assistant professor, um, adjunct of violin at the Yale School of Music. Period. Okay, Yale. Not Yale. <laughs> if y'all don't know about uh, Ty Murray, I mean, literally world class violinist. So I would just say Google her because I would be like, oh, go back and listen to the episode where she was Black Excellence. But that was a long time ago, very very long time ago. Girl, and also, I don't remember having any recollection. She's famous, so <laughs> 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 literally all you got to do is TA and now drop down. Oh, right. Ty Murray, great. Um, so period. Um, and then is that? My second to last. Do I don't have two pieces of news this week? Probably. Okay. Come on, back in time. Okay, period. Um, the International Contemporary Ensemble is currently holding their Ensemble Evolution 2021. Um, it is a um, kind of a series of workshops, conversations, and world premiere performances um, of you know faculty, guest speakers all types of people under the sun um including us this year so this program is happening from june 24th to july 2nd um and there's a a whole super long list of very fabulous people who will be there and we will link that so that y'all can see um but if y'all want to come see us we're going to be there on uh virtually on june 30th at one o'clock p.m. Eastern um, and we're going to be speaking with composer Jesse Cox and uh, Clifton Joey Guidry the third if y'all have heard you know a couple episodes Joey's been on here um, and we've also played some of their music on here so um, and by the way Joey is if you don't know a composer and a bassoonist world-class musician etc etc um and we're going to be talking about um the freedom of creativity in black spaces talking about building our own tables you know black stuff stuff we talk about over here channeling podcast energy um so i will be linking you know the page so that y'all can read all about what's going on over there um all the performances the conversations the workshops going on uh garrett is also involved you know we always shout out garrett when we have the chance um and lots of other people who are going to be you know talking about and playing lots of wonderful contemporary music so if you guys uh, have not heard about this or signed up to be a part of it just check the link in the description and yeah that's my news come on record Okay, Probably. well, hold on. 
I started the okay, animation so. at four minutes. Literally. It makes me like a little concerned, like, what was the past looking like? I, that's what I'm confused because I'm like the last couple episodes have been shorter and like they haven't felt like I'm rushing so I'm like what were we doing for like an hour and 45 minutes like some of these episodes were like 40 something minutes I'm like we would have been talking for a whole nother hour what were we talking about so I'm gonna be the target it depends on like what y'all we don't jinx it cause the way I have a two hour block in my mind for classically black that would be wonderful that changed but i think because we pull over at every if, if we feel chatty i feel like that's when they're long we'll, we'll pull over at every sentence yeah because anyway yeah <laughs> time for the intermission so if you listen last week uh we did a tribute to black music so to music um and we traced our genre of choice back to classical music in some way of choice um so we're back on it with this giant excuse me again this week um delaney and i picked different genres and we'll be tracing it back and we're gonna do the same animation we did last time just exploring the genre a little bit finding three songs that you found enjoyed liked um so what'd you pick this week delaney well, um, as usual, bending the rules to fit my agenda. Um, I know. So, the question is, did I pick a genre this week? We'll see. Because... All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because I was like, well, what is what is genre? What is, okay. So, um, as you might have seen per my public Twitter, I've been listening a lot to... Um, one of Stevie Wonder's albums, Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. Um, and I was a looking, you know, like a streaming services. Oh, by the way, I got Apple Music now. Um, so. I mean, okay. I like it. I don't I'm, see what, what nothing wrong with it so mm-hmm. far. I've only had it for a couple of days, two or three days. I, I love that, though. I'm glad you have a streaming service. It's what, not my bag. What, but I have what a, is the difference leech. between that and Spotify? Spotify acts more like, in um, Mona V, in my opinion, it acts more like a, like a Pandora, and that it like hmm. it curates. Well, Apple Music does have that, and then also Pan- uh, Pandora. You hear me? Also, Spotify curates playlists for you, so you'll you'll get on a thing and it'll be like, "Good morning, Katie," and then it'll be like, it will make things for you. Like, um, you might like this artist and it'll like feature a new artist of the day. I have like, that. It has like a lot of bells and whistles. I'll have to see you because um, I have that. Maybe they changed it on Apple Music because like maybe, it has like, maybe when I, when I signed up, I mean, I was signing up kind of in a hurry because I wanted to download stuff before I got on a plane. But like, it was like, oh, such and such playlists. They have like a bunch of playlists and also radio stations like Pandora. But we'll see. I don't know the difference. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm new to this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much, but I do prefer Spotify. Also, Apple Music takes up does it take up space like Apple Podcasts. Mm-mm. I checked my storage too, and I'm still using the same amount. I'm actually using less storage than I was on my last phone, um, which I was mm-hmm. afraid because I was downloading everything. So I don't know how it works, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. They also might I have changed like, that to compete with Spotify. You know, how they'd be copying. Maybe. Someone will correct me, but I just Spotify. I just like they, they like I found I find so many new artists 
on Spotify just by hanging out on the app. So I, I like Spotify a lot. Mm. Okay, so um, what was I even going with this? I was listening to that. Oh, okay. So you know how streaming services will they'll say this is this genre, um, which by the way I saw somebody that was like, I would like Spotify to tell us how many genres they think there are because Spotify be ridiculous. No, nah, Spotify be wilding. <laughs> Talk like about violin. <laughs> how is violin a genre? Right, classical pan fiddling. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's too much. So, um, so I saw this album, Journey to the Secret Life of Plants, was listed as pop. I was like, pop, pop. Okay. So then I looked yeah. at its Wikipedia, and I saw it had three genres underneath it. It says this is pop. It's also R and B, and it's new age. And I was like, new age. They just coming up with stuff, girl. So I actually picked convince new me age, they're not. So I actually kind of picked new age, um, but it's kind of like new age slash contemporary is the genre that I'm going to do for uh, today. Um, and the reason why, should I go into this now? Girl, I don't know. Basically, all the all the stuff I picked for the intermission and the topic minus the, the like, quote unquote, classical one um, is from this album. Um, and the reason why, actually, I should save this for the thing, huh? Oh no, girl. <laughs> Basically, the reason why I picked it is because I feel like this is um, kind of an area where a lot of black artists are not allowed to explore. Like we have, um, like we said, all music is black music. And I feel like this sort of um, contemporary space and like playing with sounds and just, you know, making something that sounds different um is something that black mm-hmm. uh black artists are not necessarily allowed to do very much and and i'll get into more in the topic about how that pertains to this particular album um um yeah i'll save that for then but um i'm going to play a couple of uh, pieces from this album the first one um is called voyage to india I can't remember did we alternate last time or did i just play all three of them <laughs> Girl, i can't even remember what i did because <laughs> i feel like we always alternate intermission yeah i would say most of the time no i think actually i think that for this one we did it back to back i remember because i had to okay. hurry up and try to get the other one queued up because i was using youtube now i got apple music okay so the next one i'm gonna play is actually another version of um, one of I would say one of the more popular songs off of this album, "Send One Your Love," which is um, love that song. But there's actually an instrumental version of it on the album as well, um, and it's like a lot of times instrumental just means take the track with the lyrics off, but it's actually <laughs> um, it's different, you know. But that's also um, that's the next one I'm gonna play. Okay. 
Some of y'all might recognize that song. It's my jam. Mm. It's my jam. Will they speak in French? I, th- I believe so. I couldn't. It's like there's a. Yeah. The audio is not great on my. No, that end. it's supposed to be that way. It's like kind of in the background going in and out. Oh. Yeah, okay. that's like, yeah. And I feel like that exasperated by the fact that, like, when we do these listening things, I'll be filling in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then the last, um, the last piece I'm going to play is called Ecclesiastes. Okay, who's the Yassi song of Solomon? Right. So I hope that provided y'all. I'm. I'm. A, I promise you, I'm gonna put more context around this. But yeah, what you said about artists not being able to explore reminds me of that rapper I used to. Yep. Mhm. Um. I don't know if y'all mm. heard that. Probably. I'm sure. Pro- had to. <laughs> God heard it too. Um. What you said about artists not being able to explore as freely, like black artists in particular not being able to explore as freely, reminded me of the artists I used to support. When they dropped one of their albums, they like everybody's like, oh, this person raps the same, they rap the same, they rap the same. So then they finally do something different. Everybody was like, what is this? And it's like, so Drake too. People be like, Drake sounds the same. So when he does something different, it's like, what is this? I feel like I only really know. I mean, I don't. I can't be a hundred percent honest to say I I pay attention to a lot of white artists because I just don't be listening. But um, I feel like particularly that black artists don't have that space, you know. But I'm sure you're gonna talk more about that later. Okay, so when I left last week, I was sure I was gonna pick one of the one of the genres that I have been exploring on my own. Uh, I, I for sure thought I was gonna either do drill. Or I was gonna do Afro beats. I, it was gonna be one of the two. I I don't know how I got here, but here we are. I picked bounce music, which is if people aren't familiar, it's New Orleans hip hop music. I don't know how I got here. I'm just here. All right. Um, and what was interesting to me is I already had some bounce music on my playlist, so that was exciting to to learn about. So I'm gonna play um a couple of these the first one um i'm gonna play is the one that i already had it's called get the gat i love it <laughs> it's so good <laughs> i love the song it's called get the gat um by little l it goes like this this is the beat y'all of the year yo man there's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating scared to kick reality yo man there's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating scared to kick reality get the gat Get the 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 get
So I kept playing it longer than I normally would just because it didn't start yet. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of these songs have a pretty long introductions. This song is also seven minutes because bounce music is dance music. Like it's that's what um, for the most part. Um, okay. So the next song I picked is called No Block Party or N.O. Block Party. It's by this artist named Dr. Jubilee. Um, yeah, here it goes. My girl and you, our girl, we're sitting by the bayou. My girl to you, our girl, I got a hot boy that is fire. Talking about a hot boy, a gear, 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 a he like teaches at a college somewhere. I should have wrote that down. I thought I did, but love that for him. Okay, last one. I I would be remiss if I didn't play something by Big Frida. So this is um, "Bomb" by Big Frida. a lot about big frida i'm beside like before reading a little bit about her but i know i remember all that stuff that happened with drake with the nights for what video and um and all the other stuff because i'm not gonna get into that it's not important but yeah all right that's what i got ready to jump in yeah okay so um all right so new age, I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of running with that new age slash contemporary thing. So I'm gonna go into um, what new age music uh, specifically is, and then I'm gonna uh, zoom in. I mean zoom out rather. Okay, so apparently it's a, a genre of music that's intended to create artistic inspiration, relaxation, and optimism. A lot of uh, new age music is used for like yoga meditation massage and things like that um but it's also um can be used as like it's, it's kind of spiritual you know like it's supposed to I don't know I guess be like introspective um and so there's there's some connections between it and like uh classical music and like neoclassical rather um because it uses a lot of a acoustic guitar and flute and piano and it, it tends to be uh it tends to be acoustic I think some of the older versions but there's also a lot of electronic uh stuff when it, you get into like I guess newer new age which is a lot of what um is used on this album Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants um a lot a lot a lot of synthesizer um but basically yeah it's supposed to be I guess like for music for meditation and like soundscapes and things like that so um which really fits I guess with this album because actually very I would say I would dare to say that most of the album does not have lyrics you know there there are uh, several songs on the album that have no lyrics at all part of the reason is because it's actually it was actually used as a soundtrack 
for um, a documentary called The Secret Life of Plants. Um, so a lot of them are about, you know, a lot of the the um, tracks are about plants or about the earth or, you know, things like that. Um, but part of the reason why I picked it is because, like I said, a lot of black artists are not um, allowed to explore sounds that are different from what's expected from them like we we've said that all music is black music um but the truth you know the truth of the matter is that we're associated with the genres um there are some genres that we have dominated so much that people have literally no excuse but to attribute it uh, attribute them to us like they literally can't say we didn't invent rap they can't say we didn't invent r&b or soul or jazz like they li- like they can't you know mm-hmm. but then there are um like more contemporary like in contemporary music even in classical music or in something like this where you think music that people use for yoga or meditation you don't necessarily think oh yeah black people did that or or um depending on where you are country music is the same if you're somewhere where there's a lot of you know where that's a part of the culture in black spaces then yeah country, black people may come to mind when you think of country music but in a lot of parts of the country in a parts of the world black people don't come to mind for a lot of people mm-hmm. um and that stood out with this album because i just it kind of resurfaced on twitter a little bit with people talking about how, how many people slept on this album from stevie wonder um and, and how much negative feedback it got you know it got some positive reception but honestly not a lot part of the reason um I was talking to my cousin about this and he was like yeah part of the reason is because it came right after songs of the key of life okay songs of the key of life is one of the like most widely successful projects that he did tons and tons of hits on that album like it's Hmm. you know so I understand it was a tough act to follow um but also because this album sounds a lot different from anything that he's that he's done so some of the some of the um adjectives that uh critics used to describe it was vague over ambitious goofy over ambitious yeah. goofy nerdy odd pointless and foolish pointless yeah because and i was just like because it was so out there i feel like a lot of the tracks were very out there and like exploratory that people were just like mm, it's weird it's goofy it's nerdy like what kind of mu- music critics what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> like why do you i feel like you should have a b- bigger vocabulary that is you're gonna exactly. critique someone's work yeah this was goofy <laughs> sit down what <laughs> Um, okay and uh, it says a lot of people saw it as too much of a departure from his uh more melodic albums because you know it's a lot of um you know like i said a lot of it was like kind of more zoomed out it's it's just more like spacey i would say you know um and i feel like it's a little bit more up to interpretation um one because a lot of it doesn't have lyrics but also just the sounds are very different um than what you might uh, here on his other projects but some of the some of the positive feedback that it got which I really really agree with of course um was some of the some of the things they used to describe it were courageous achingly sweet and bafflingly beautiful and I think that um I, I disagree so um so the first um one that I'm going to use the first track that I'm going to uh play from the album is called Earth's Creation it's actually the opening uh track um and you can tell it's about the creation of the earth so um yeah so I'm going to play a little bit of that and it is kind of I don't know I'm just leave it up to interpretation cuz I really feel like that's 
what needs to happen with this album. So it is like kind of I don't know it's kind of like spacey and I I really I really like this um um this album in general but also uh, that part of it. So the next piece that I am going to play to kind of connect it to as like my connector to classical music um, is actually oh it's funny I didn't even realize I picked the first and the last tracks of the album, um but it's called finale because it is the finale and it actually acts um. It, it functions in the album like a finale might in uh in a symphony or or like a another type of work what came to mind for me was carnival of the animals because the finale of carnival of the animals is actually a collection of all the themes from the previous movement which is exactly what this finale is um if you listen to the entire album you will hear like oh that's from that track oh that's from that track like he actually puts the themes together um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so I don't know how much of this I'm going to play because there's just some part of, like, we're not going to sit here for six minutes and 49 seconds to play the whole thing, but <laughs> but I, I just would really, really listen to it. Or even if you skip around the album first, because the album is kind of long. It's about 89 minutes long. Um, yeah, because it's, it's a soundtrack for a movie, so All yeah. Right. Um, so I would skip around the album, then listen to the finale. But um, I'm going to play a little bit of it. We'll see where I stop it. But... Um, yeah, and I just that really was like a parallel to classical music, also because Stevie Wonder is a is a composer, um, and a lot of it is a lot of this album is instrumental. And I already tweeted some somebody needs to do this, like an an orchestra needs to do this. But um, I just thought that concept was really really cool because that's also just not I think that's like an underrated thing that happens in music is like the ability to string together melodies um, into a medley um of of totally different pieces or um yeah pieces of music that can stand alone on their own but to connect them and make one cohesive uh piece of music like seems very very difficult um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna start the finale from the beginning so you will hear a little bit of earth's creation which you uh which i just played um and some other stuff too <laughs> I'm gonna skip a little bit until to the part where it changes up. Mm-hmm. 
so that was a little bit of someone your love which i played in the intermission too um yeah, that piece of music made me be like, you know, I might could pick me up a little, a little electric bass guitar. I might, cause I might could see what I could do, um, on it. But okay, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, I actually think my stepdad might have one, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Um, especially how I just think it was really cool that he uh, came out with an album that really defied what people expected from him. Um, and it just goes to show that like people will come out, people will use all of this stuff to try to box artists in to doing whatever, but really genre don't really mean nothing. So <laughs> let's talk about it. I also wonder the, uh, the opposite side of that too. I wonder if people like, like, like you for something and then you start doing other stuff out, out of nowhere. They're like, wait, hold on. Like mm-hmm. if Taco Bell started selling sushi. <laughs> Gross. I mean, Taco Bell's already like i um yeah like i talked about this and low-key i might be i may be writing a master's thesis on this one day because i think that is very interesting okay master you literally have okay whatever that i'm not doing this i'm not nothing. i'm not nah, 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 nope because not it has nothing to do this. with what, what i have that's fine you don't have to go through it okay um because i feel like the i feel like first of all the way what we think we use genre for and what we actually use it for are different. I feel like a lot of people, if you ask them, would just be like, yeah, it's just used to categorize things. But I also feel like in a lot of ways, it's not like on one hand, it could be used to like other or like push someone out of something. Now, a, a prime example of that is how we today we see gospel and CCM as two different things. And they really, really do sound different and they are different. But they're, originally, it, they just didn't want us on their charts. And honestly, mm. that benefited y'all because <laughs> it, first of all, we lit over here. Secondly, none of y'all's lyrics are on. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> none of y'all would be charting if we had the same charts. Let's get like, let's just be, let's just be real here. None of y'all would I be just charting don't like contemporary Christian music, yeah. whatever Christian contemporary. It's just not my bag. It's just and like um, some of them do be crossing over. They'll be lit, but that's because the. When I hear them at church, you know, the black musicians over there making that thing. Dang. I, I look it up. I'll be like, this is so white. Musician. Yeah. Um, and then you hear the original and it's like, oh, okay. right. <laughs> um, and then we've also talked about Scott Joplin's opera, Tree Manisha, where they were like, oh, it's a ragtime opera. And it's just like, girl, it's just opera. Like, you really didn't mm-hmm. be using no ragtime. Like, y'all just want to create this kind of, this other classification to kind of push him out same thing with gospel that's why we have contemporary gospel and that's why we have urban contemporary gospel because they couldn't deny the success of either so they were like okay we're gonna call that something else because it was it was getting it was pushing it too far for some church folk so they were like well okay let's put another word in front of that so that we know Mm -hmm. that that's that over there and what we doing is the real gospel um but then on the other hand it can be used to pigeonhole someone into doing like you said this is what we like you for um and Tyler the Creator touched on that when he won best rap album for Igor when he was like Igor was a lot of things you know it was R&B it was you know it was it was soul it was a lot of stuff but y'all was like oh black dude let's it's a rap album and it's like Tyler the Creator is a rapper and he's known for that but also he can do very he can do other things and which he demonstrated on the album and he he voiced his concerns about that um so yeah I have a lot of opinions on this but um Justin Bieber also wrote an R&B album, Sissy. Oh, is that what he told you? Tune in. Huh? I said, "Oh, is that what he told you?" No, I'm just kidding. 
Dustin Bieber went through a whole. I was tired of hearing about him a couple months ago. It's like every week it was a new development, and I'm like, who asked for this storyline? I don't think I saw it was the, the the locks. It was the locks. It was the R and B album. It was the MLK. Oh my god! Sample, <laughs> like, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> Who told you? Oh my gosh, it was a lot. I'm like, I haven't thought about Justin Bieber in years, and then all of a sudden, it's like back to back headlines. He's a lot. Um, Okay, so my last my connection um, to what we know as classical music is actually from our friend Joey. Um, Hey Joey. And this is a piece of music that they wrote and performed in the ISBM variety show called They Know What They've oh, Done lit, To Us. because they be using soundscapes. Your mind. Girl, this is just one of be my. Be minding. Yep. You have to be minding. So anyway, um, it's called They Know What They've Done To Us. And um, I think that, you know, Joey is, is out here in his contemporary streets um, and, is, mm-hmm. and is always experimenting with new sounds. And they just got a theremin. So stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> and a drone. So let's see what they're going to do with that. Um, but um, I think it's just a, a great uh, connection because they're also always advocating for that creativity for black people come to our thing our international contemporary ensemble thing on june 30th 1 p.m eastern to hear us talk about that (laughs) i know um and i think that you know they're always kind of experimenting with those sounds and um and just talking about um how black artists should be allowed to uh have that same artistic freedom um without you know being judged or um cast aside or not included um in these uh spaces um in classical music spaces just as uh this album was kind of was kind of it was lost on people what to label it um because it was unlike what people knew of black artists at the time um so yeah this is a little portion from they know what they've done to us Now we put the wrong timestamp down, but that's fine. The whole piece is great. So, <laughs> Joe be playing that bassoon. Listen, be bassooning. Might be playing that bassoon down. Bassoon be bassooning. So, one thing Bobby gonna do is play bassoon. Listen, Envio. <laughs> Y'all be in there deep, deep man. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when I see white person with bassoon, I'm like, what you know about that? <laughs> you know about that <laughs> you gotta tell that to Gary <laughs> I'm, like, you I'm, tell- I'm telling you like I've been like 
what's the word condition to think that's a black instrument yeah it's a lot of black bassoonists and violists like mm-hmm. not what you know about that <laughs> <laughs> uh oh okay <laughs> all right then <laughs> All right, so I had to do a lot of learning for mine because, you know, no idea. I've, I've consumed bounce music like a lot of people. I just like, it was just playing in the background. Um, so bounce music is a style of New Orleans hip hop music that originated in the late 1980s in the city's housing projects. Um, bounce is characterized by call and response style, party music, Mardi Gras influence, Indian chants, dance callouts, and frequently hypersexual and controversial lyrics. Uh, these chants and call-outs are typically sung over the Trigger Man beat. And I'm like, what is that? And then I realized um, I knew exactly what it was. I'm going to play of that to the people who were confused like me. Um, which is sampled from song, well, was originally sampled from the song Drag Rap by the Showboys and another song, Brown Beats by Cameron Paul. The sound bounce has primarily been shaped by recycling and imitation of the drag rap sample. Okay, so here's that song. I've never heard it before, but I'm gonna play a little bit of it and you'll know exactly what this Trigger Man beat is when I play it. Okay, so basically that hi-hat is what that beat is. And I was like, I've never heard that before. What are you talking about? And then I consume um, a great amount of Drake because I enjoy him. And I was like, I've definitely heard this before because it's in his nice for what? Hmm. I want to know who motherfucking representing it here tonight. Hold on, hold on. Also, the voice you heard at the beginning of that song was Big Frida. Okay, and then also one of my problematic faves is, well, I guess not, not anymore, but Chris Brown um, and his song Go Crazy. Not which anymore. I, oh, what happened? I, I just don't keep, I don't keep up with Chris Brown. Oh, yeah, and you haven't listened to the read this week, huh? No, I'm behind. Oh, okay. <laughs> not me. <laughs> Not that everybody see, listening was like, "What you mean?" <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't tell whether you meant he was no longer problematic or he was no longer a fave. Because I was like, "Well, let me pull over here." Because yeah, recent developments. Well, scale of one to ten, how bad is it? I mean, what is ten? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Anyway, he didn't kill nobody. I, I mean, but there's still things that yeah, are worse. So, <laughs> I said, I, I, in my opinion, um, all right. I'm still gonna play it. I had no idea. I mean, it, um, whatever. I've been open. I, I still listen to Chris Brown. So, yeah. Uh, here's go crazy. I really like this song.
So I've heard that before. Bounce, yeah, bounce music is really influential. A lot of artists use it. Cardi B has one. Um, they said that 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 Lemon song with Nard and Rihanna was also one. But when I listen to it, I'm like, this sounds more like. And also reading about Nerd, I was like, this sounds more like funk than it sounds like bounce influence. But who I I. Um, Typical bounce music is a shouting out and acknowledgement of geographical areas, neighborhoods, housing projects, particularly in the New Orleans area. Area, Kevin M. C. T. Tucker Ventry was one of the first bounce artists and captured the attention of the city in 1991 with the style of rap defined by preference for chanted refrains and the use of several chord samples to form backing music, and this became, like I said before, the. The, what's it call it characteristics of bounce music in general bounce is highly is a recently highly original form of urban dance music nevertheless bounce has influenced a variety of other rap subgenres and even emerged in mainstream like i said before okay so i'm gonna play that song um that put bounce music i don't know i don't want to say on the map but you know what i mean like it was like one of the first ones by mct tucker called play where i cannot read today play where day at Oh, <laughs> I'm so annoying. It's called Where They At. Not me having a direction to myself to play Where They At. It's not called Play Where They At. It's called Where They At. Oh. Okay. It, here we go. MCT Tucker and DJ Erd coming at you for 1992. Street side, you stupid fuck. I said, shake that ass, shake that ass, shake, 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 but whatever. Okay, so we're in New Orleans, and there's a because being in New Orleans, there's a lot of different ways I could have gone. I was gonna go the jazz route. That was probably the the most obvious one because that's where Louis Armstrong was born. It's also the the birthplace of jazz. Um, but I went a different route. I went uh, to another city, not far from Louisiana, to the city of Baton Rouge. We're going to talk about the Southern University Marching Band, which is, I feel like, straddles the fence between, I don't know. I guess it is classical music, but they play non-classical things. So, yeah, it straddles the fence. Um, the Human Jukebox, one of my favorite bands, is, is the marching band represented Southern University and A&M College, located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. T. Lure Davis is credited with establishing Southern University's marching band and received served as band director between 1947 and 1964. He's still alive. He's a doctor now. Um, the Human Jukebox has consistently been recognized as one of the best marching bands in the nation by USA Today. I'm not going to list these white uh, organizations. I don't know why I write that down. The band, it's one of the best bands in the land. Literally, it just is. They play everything from memory. That's the thing. Like I know there's two types of marching bands, like the core style and then the southern style, and I feel like Black people just simply do not get enough credit for what they be doing with these bands. The dancers be on point, and then they everything is from memory. Everything is from memory, and it's they dance and all type of stuff. Like it's just like over the top. The band is highly uh, regarded for its powerful sound, soulful arrangements, 
executive extensive okay katie song catalog and entertainment entertaining showmanship so if you don't know if you don't think you've heard of the southern the human jukebox you have because they went viral a couple years ago a couple meaning like five um when their arrangement of can you stand the rain went viral and then they were featured in beyonce's homecoming because of that video so here is oh six years ago my bad this is can you stand the rain by the human jukebox It's also <clears throat> the dancing dolls, just a dance line for this band. Um, it's also an iconic line because uh, the captain at the time, Kayla Pittman, was leading that. And she was she also blew up after she graduated from Southern. Okay, so how am I going to go from there to classical music? Well, William Grant still conducted the Louisiana Philharmonic at Southern University in 1955, making him the first black mi- man or black person to conduct um, a major symphony orchestra in the deep south Um, it's not clear what he conducted no one knows Um, but you know William Grant still if you don't I'm just gonna tell you Google him I'm not gonna read he's literally like like I wouldn't tell you about Beethoven Um, uh, he's regarded as the dean of black composers so he's that girl get right or get left okay I'm gonna play this um this piece called Wood Notes Moving Four Whip Whip I know I would not be able to say this. Whippers, Whippoorwills, shoes. Here we go. Yep. Yep. Violas was eating that up. I'm not gonna think too much about why they um uh, maybe they didn't have a hall back then. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Because why they had to, why they why would he conduct that they went down to Southern University? They could he couldn't go to the hall, he wasn't allowed in. <clears throat> I'm not gonna think too much about it. I mean But he had to go to Mexico that, to get married, so <sighs> It's just like if he's gonna, I'm not listen. They probably didn't have a hall. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it at that because it's like, if he's already conducting y'all, y'all already taking instructions from a black man. You might as well just let him in the house. Your little Jim Crow was so strong that like, you gonna hire him, but you can't. Okay, I'm just gonna assume the best. That hmm. I'm gonna on American soil. I know what we can do about it now, so. <laughs> alright that's all I got ready to move on yep alright y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top who are you talking about Delaney 
All right, this week I am talking about Trevor Weston, um, a renowned composer. Um, He started his musical education at St. Thomas Choir School in New York City um, at the age of 10, got his bachelor's at uh, Tufts University and continued his studies at UC Berkeley, um, where he earned both his master's and his PhD in composition. Um, He's won numerous awards, as all our Black XLI um, have. Um, some of his honors include uh, the George Ladd Prix de Paris um, from the uni- from UC Berkeley. Um, the oh my god, so many things I can't pronounce. Listen, he he began fellowships. Is the <laughs> <laughs> is um the the long and short of it all. Um, uh, his his work Juba for strings. Listen, we love a Juba. Um, oh, a juba. Uh, won the 2019 uh, Sonority slash New Orleans Chamber Orchestra Composition Competition. Um, he was co-commissioned by Carnegie Hall for his 125 commission project. Um, so he, you know, out here, he getting them, them commissions. Um, he's been uh, played by multiple ensembles um, across the country, um, including Room Full of Teeth, the Boston Children's Chorus, St. Thomas Church, uh, Church Fifth Avenue Choir, um, the Starling uh, Chamber Orchestra, uh, the Tufts Chamber Chorus. Listen, all type of uh, string qu- uh, string quartets and and opera companies, and so he really just simply does it all. Um, he is also uh, credited as uh, completing a reorchestration of Florence Price's Piano Concerto uh, for the Center of Black uh, Music Research in two thousand ten, um, and I came across uh mr weston and his ex sorry dr dr weston in his um excellency because of the emerging black composers project um which is a joint commissioning and mentorship program um from the san francisco conservatory of music and the san francisco symphony um because he was awarded his first uh, annual prize uh this year so um, it's a $15,000 commission for a new orchestral work that's going to be premiered by the symphony and Esapekka Salonen, um, and who's the music director, um, in, uh, the fall of 2022. He's also going to be receiving some mentorship, uh, from conductor Michael Morgan, shout out to him for conducting Gateways, um, who, and he's also the music director of the Oakland Symphony, um, among other members of the selection committee, um, for the competition, um, as he workshops the new score in advance of the premiere. Uh, so congratulations to him for, um, for, uh, doing all that. And also while, first of all, while, um, training the next generation, I forgot to mention that he's also a professor of music, um, and the chair of the music department at Drew University, um, in Madison, New Jersey. So, you know, he out here doing the thing. Congrats on your new commission and all the ones to come, Dr. Weston. Period. Shout to you. All right. So I want you to think back to your first year of learning bass and one of the songs you learned. It's happy birthday. That's my piece of the week. Now, I know that sounds strange, but I'm going to play this recording and I'm going to play all of it. Okay. okay. I'm, I, and there's a part, there's a part two. I'll link the TikTokers part two, but you have to hear this.
Now, if you're wondering why you hear forks and knives, that's at a cheesecake factory. <gasps> it's someone's birthday, and the people that he invited to his birthday started singing him happy birthday. You know, when the cheesecake factory, they bring out you a free, they bring you out ice cream, I think. They started singing him happy birthday. Black people are lit. <laughs> like, you know what? We should do that to Lit. <gasps> Oh, I am Wait. pissed, and I know what? that we miss he's it. Ha- we miss Richard's birthday. Oh my gosh! We got no. We got to make it up to him. I am pissed, and I know he's happy about it. He is happy about he's, it, and you know what? When I made it a point, I said I have got to remember Richard's birthday, and it, it's in my calendar. It's not sending me my my thing. It needs to send me a thing, uh, a reminder. I don't understand why it's not doing that. And you know what? Next year, you know what? He's gonna be sorry. You know what? I, Richard be listening sometimes. I'm gonna tell you my idea when we get off of this. All right, bet. But um, but we doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, imagine I'm like, pissed. why are y'all so? Why are y'all so talented? Like, and the tenors were carrying no, too. no. I was like, I watched that in no less than twenty times when it, when I saw it on my for you page. I was like. This is ridiculous. And I know the other people uh, in the restaurant were pissed. Like, dang. Oh, we got a little stale birthday. And people right. are walking by. Because they were on a terrace. There were so many of them. And so they were on a terrace. The cheesecake, some cheesecake factories have a terrace. So they were outside. People were walking by. And like, what's going on over there? We are lit. And I always get a little teary-eyed when I see black people have, like being joyful. Because it's like, there's so much that you could, you know, ruminate on. Yeah. And... I feel like more than not, we choose joy. And I just got a little teary-eyed doing that because it's like, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in spite of everything, in spite of everything, we still choose joy. And that is just so inspiring to me. But I will link the TikToker so you can watch it. There is a part two because I was like, there ain't no way you didn't post the other part of this. They did. So, period. That's our piece of the week. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right, then. All right, then. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, send it to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. You know, we got a little festival, well, a little conference uh, coming up in the fall. ISBM is free. Like, what are you doing? Join ISBM. IS Black Musicians on social media uh com. check us out thank you again for listening and we will catch you next week all right bye y'all all right bye <laughs>